At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming down the aisle. It's time to fire. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with... Katie Dirks. Katie Dirks. My God, what a great weekend for wrestling last weekend was, and hopefully what a great weekend for wrestling this weekend will be. Although Katie is not as thrilled for backlash as I am, but I am still amped up after NXT TakeOver in your house. They can invade my home whenever they want. It was so much fun. It was some of the greatest pure wrestling I have seen in so long. I have been loving AEW, always will, always do. But let's highlight some of NXT's talent. And Katie, I admit when I'm wrong, because I'm a modern man. And it's not a sign of lack of masculinity to say, Mm -hmm. yes, ma'am. Yes, indeed. I may have been misspoken. I may have been misguided. Mm -hmm. The NXT women's division... Holy hell, those gals are 10 out of 10, beast mode, nonstop action, some of the greatest matches I have seen in women's wrestling in my lifetime, just on that one pay-per-view alone. So much fun. Io Shirai is just, she's a force to be reckoned with. She's amazing. She is a force to be reckoned with, and you got it right. Io Shirai ended up winning. Uh, she beat Charlotte Flair. She beat Rhea Ripley. She is now the NXT Women's Champion. She is a badass. And Katie, I think this is—you know—you're allowed to do a victory lap. You can get—you can get outside. You can run around your block. You can scream, "I'm a champion! I'm a winner!" You can be a female Forrest Gump. You could run forever it. because that's how right you were when I you called. Knew it. Io Shirai, the champion of NXT. I was happy that Charlotte dropped the belt. I think it's great that she propels uh, the new talent in NXT. It's a new era. Rhea Ripley isn't going anywhere. She's going to have a great feud with whoever she wants to have a feud with at any time. No doubt she will hold that strap at some point in the relative near future, I'm sure. But Charlotte Flair, what a great example of propelling the talent that NXT's women division had. Like, she did everything. She went to NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. She's a busy-ass bitch. Um, What she was able to do for the NXT women's division cannot be understated. No, she put her name on it, and that was that's what it, I think, 
the women's division is good. It's good. They're, in my opinion, the WWE has the best women's division in all of professional wrestling right now, with maybe the exception of stardom or maybe we can really dig into that later. Uh, but right. in the U.S., they have the best women's division, period. And I think they needed a little star power. Like a little, just a little kick in the butt to remind people like, hey, by the way, this women's division is the shit and uh, we're going right. to throw Charlotte Flair in to remind you for anyone that hasn't been watching NXT to like, hey, come on over for a minute. Check out what they're doing. Um, but holy shit, those matches were good. I am one of those people that has not been watching as much NXT because, of course, it's in the Wednesday Night Wars. AEW, that's their top show. So I think of NXT, I'm thinking, okay, I want to watch NXT on a, on a weekly basis, but it's a little bit more difficult because AEW, you get one chance per week to see what that roster looks like. Mm-hmm. That's why I think AEW Dynamite is beating NXT on a regular basis, not by a huge margin, but they tend to be doing more. Um, they tend to be getting more audience more regularly. So this was really, for me, an opportunity to see what that talent looks like. And we can stay with the women's division as well, because uh, Mia Yim, uh, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart, they defeated Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. That match, Shotzi Blackheart. She a bad bitch. You called she it. She a bad bitch. She is a badass. She shows up. She has her green hair. She's got a Harley Quinn meets Joker vibe as if they had a child. It happened to be a daughter. And this is what they produced. She is one of those performers that you are captivated by. She, yeah. she, you, you look at her. You can't look away. She has a perfect look. Her moveset is great. She's fluid in the ring. That entire match, which is not easy to do. If you talk to wrestlers, they will tell you a six-man tag match is extremely difficult to script. you got to give everybody their time. You have to have everyone get over. And then, of course, you have to figure out a finish with six people involved. Not an easy task. And these gals rocked it. They were. And the thing that I love about Shotzi is, like, she is indie wrestling like she yes she built her gimmick on indie she perfected her gimmick on indie she she comes down in like a little i don't know if you've seen this but she comes down in like a sometimes she doesn't do it all the time but on the indies she would come down in like a little tank and like a little remote control tank like you're not gonna (laughs) no one in the writer's room at wwe is gonna be like i have an idea guys like she's creative if they did if they did say that they would end up getting shot in the head immediately by 100%. Vince McMahon. Little tank, little tank. Yeah, but get it, the hell out like, of here. She's tested on the indies. It works, and now you're seeing. And she and she hasn't been at WWE very long. It's only been a few months, uh, and she's already in big name matches. And you're already seeing her kind of sh- showcase her actual talents. The only thing that terrifies me about Shotzi Blackheart is she has a tendency to go very big and 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 she has taken some fucking hits over if you look up yeah. some of her her greatest hits she has done some crazy dives that will take like just suck the air out of my lungs watching them i'm just like holy right how is she even still standing i don't know she's amazing i absolutely love her and i can't see can't wait to see what she does 
So I have a question for you, Katie. Where are these women coming from? You mentioned stardom. What do you think is the greatest um, sort of fostering home for them right now? Because obviously men have been coming up through the Indies for generations. Uh, we know where the men are kind of coming from as they as they percolate up into the stratosphere when it comes to pro uh, professional promotions, whether it be Impact, ROH, whatever. We kind of understand, uh, you know, Ring of Honor um, uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, rather, mm -hmm. um, ROH is Ring of Honor. Where are the women coming from? What's the best promotion right now that people could look at to see the next big thing in women's wrestling? Uh, my gut is to say stardom because I okay. feel like a lot of the women in the U.S. Now, Stardom is 100% a women's wrestling company. Women's division in okay. Japan. It's the only women's oh, promotion in Japan. And I think I, it's it's similar it's similar to what a lot of the independent wrestlers do before they settle into a big promotion. They work the rounds. Sometimes they go international. They book themselves international or they get booked internationally. Um, they they do the circuit internationally, and mm -hmm. then sometimes they'll settle in like a or they'll cut their teeth, if you will, in a Japanese promotion. And that's kind of where you shed all of the. Um, the different types of kind of this uh, this mishmash of techniques that you've learned through all these different right. promotions and all over this time you go to Japan and they kind of strip you and they kind of say like all right this is how you're doing it and you get kind of right you cut your teeth over there a little bit in addition to all the experience you're bringing to it and that's kind of so they give you so they give you uh, they give you the farva treatment in Japan. They strip you naked. They <laughs> they wash you down with the hose and make fun of your little penis. I understand yeah. what happens. Of course, that's a reference to Super Troopers. <laughs> is it ironic uh, to you that New Japan is the best place for women's wrestling when it comes to women wrestlers starting, or do you think they have more of a history uh, of women's wrestling? I mean, obviously in the states we have you know fabulous Mula. There there has been um, spikes in women's yes. wrestling over the years. Yeah. But it seems as if it's been very difficult for them to maintain, uh, you know, obviously glow and things like that. And no doubt that Netflix series has helped propel women's division in the women's division in real life. Oh, yeah. I believe that series really did a lot of good work for the women's division. But has New Japan been more open-minded to the women to women's wrestling for a longer period of time? No. In fact, New Japan doesn't have a women's roster. So Stardom is an is a is a separate promotion from New Japan. Yeah. But they go but they sort of they coincide with New Japan and do they use their facilities or anything? As of 2020, the first time there's ever been any sort of crossover was and I I could be misspeaking at some of this. They may have done joint shows before. Uh okay. I I I can't say I can't say absolutely for sure. Uh, they've never done shows before, but the big one, the one that's the history making show was this year's Wrestle Kingdom featured a stardom uh, slate of wrestlers within the within the New Japan lineup. So that was like, and that's the first time that you've ever really seen New Japan kind of accept a women's division or at least female wrestlers uh in ring and kind of at a giant show, especially something like Wrestle Kingdom. So there's it's a, it's a slow process in Japan, but there it's there's been progress made. And within Stardom in and of itself, it's a, it's they're so good. They're just it's and it's right. a little weird and like they have the freedom to like get fucking crazy uh, and and strange. But like at the end of the day, they really start to cut their teeth over there. And then 
in the states i would say like something like uh wow like or yeah. and evolve like those are both great promotions for women um and then just like on the indies. well that was the thing i was watching uh nxt takeover in your house and um they were the women matches were so polished i was just again probably because i'm more ignorant to their division and i learned that lesson uh, this past sunday i was just super impressed and i was wondering where did these people where did they come from mm-hmm. or did nxt straight up find them put them through the um you know nxt or put them through the wwe um you know the facility did they go through it that way i was just wondering if maybe there was a promotion uh, maybe overseas or something that is just creating these unbelievable wrestlers. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's one quite yet. Um, I do know that, like, I do know there's specific wrestlers that are involved with bigger promotions that have a great eye for women's talent. Kenny Omega is one of them. Right. Joey Ryan is one of them. Bar Wrestling has a phenomenal lineup of women, and he's and Joey like will put he will put his name behind. Uh, kind of unknown female wrestlers to right. give them a push. Like that's how we got Candice LeRae, and like it's so it's it's stuff like that where it's it's still I wouldn't say there's one dedicated promotion. Wow is great, they're fantastic, um, but that but we're they we're still we're still chipping away. It's still kind of a scatter shot right. right now. And you mentioned Candice LeRae, so that brings us to another amazing match that we saw on NXT in your house. The NXT North American Championship with Keith Lee versus Johnny, Mr. Wrestling Gargano. This match, again, perfect wrestling. Keith Lee ended up retaining the championship. He retained the title Via pinfall, Candice LeRae did play a role in this match as well, along with Mia Kim. And you called this one as well, Katie. Don't think I wasn't sitting there watching. I was watching and I was getting angrier and angrier (laughs) as the matches that you called continued to come in. I felt like it was election night 2016 (laughs) and I just called Wisconsin. I was like, what the hell kind of world am I living in where Katie gets every one of these damn matches correct? I couldn't deal with it. I was forced to eat more Papa John's, have more Bud Light just so I could forget how wrong I was this entire card. (laughs) Keith Lee pinning Johnny Gargano in the ring, clean pinfall. This, to me, for Keith Lee, was the ultimate tip of the cap. This was the ultimate sign of Mm -hmm. respect by NXT. And as we talked about last week, Keith Lee is beyond over. And as soon as there's a crowd again, if you haven't seen him with a crowd, you will see it. Forget it. Eating out of the palm of his hands. They are chanting uh, along with him. He could tell them to, you know... He could tell them to punch the person sitting next to them. I'd and do it. Everyone would leave with a black eye. I would do it. That is, it is incredible. So for him to beat Johnny Gargano in the ring, yes, there was a small amount of interference, but you know, nothing, nothing. It was, it was superficial interference. Nothing that really affected the match. Yeah. This was to me NXT saying, yeah. We're going with the big guy, and we're not going to get politically hurt on this show. But I also loved Keith Lee's attire on that nice old butt of his. Black Lives Matter, front and center, on the jacket as well. I was like, WWE? Yo, Vince is not letting that happen on the main roster. I don't no, believe. not a chance. But NXT, Keith Lee, big old body, big old billboard for BLM. I was, uh, I, I was impressed that he came out. 
so vocal, obviously had everyone in the locker room or the majority of people in the locker room support his decision. And then to get the pinfall, I, I just I could not have been more proud of him. And you could tell that the people that were there, the few amount of fans that they allow in, I think they're, you know, other wrestlers, maybe some family members at this point, because it looked yeah. like there was a, a little bit more of a crowd. But yeah. everyone seemed to be quite thrilled with that conclusion. I made a very bold statement watching this match. And James cautiously agreed with me. Husband James cautiously agreed. Well, that's the best you can get your husband to do. Isn't yeah, that something? He, we need to, we need to go over there. When I get out to LA, I'm going to whip him into shape. I mean, we're going to have well, we'll have wrestling parties when you come out. When when we're all allowed to gather again, we'll reignite the we used to have pay-per-view parties like every pay-per-view, but things yep. have slowed as of late. We're going to do it. We're doing it again. I believe in my heart Keith Lee is a Hall of Famer. Woo-wee. I know. That is a bit early. I know it's a bit early, but barring any sort of, uh, barring any injuries or, I don't know. Massive, massive scandal. Something, I I can't, I can't even, I can't even begin to it. That would never, he would, Keith Lee would never, but I think. Keith Lee, no, he's clean, he's clean in my book. Clean as a whistle. Uh, I I think that he has such a career in front of him uh, with WWE and hopefully on the main roster. Well, and that's the thing is like I'm so torn about seeing these awesome NXT stars go to the main roster because they do get lost in the shuffle. They do get watered down. Look at EC3. EC3 yeah. got had one was in like one shot of a twenty four seven storyline. <laughs> I know they get watered down just as you do in your underbelows whenever you see EC3. I can't with your love affair of EC3. You bring him up all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, Katie, the man has a face that looks like he got ran over by a, a series of Tyco trucks as he laid on the ground uh, at a playground. It looks as if he has been trampled upon by by a by a a group of of a uh, wonderful uh, a wonderful marching band that plays at halftime and he's he was the football player worker. who didn't get off the field and he forgot to wear his helmet he's a hard worker he is a hard worker now i you know <laughs> another thing that i loved about this match and i agree with you Again, he wouldn't be wearing the BLM shorts, I don't believe, at WWE proper. Way too divisive, which I don't understand how that's divisive at all, but that's a whole nother story for Abe Lincoln Stop at, which Travis and I will be talking about again this week. (laughs) What I loved the most about this match, you look at Johnny, not the biggest guy in the world. Keith Lee, he's he's stocky, but not tall. He's about, what, maybe six feet, six foot one. Uh, So they do... They do measure up well in size, one bigger, one smaller. But I loved Gargano's uh, with his approach to this match, focusing on the hand, you know, going after the eye. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that such I such a villain. He's such a villain. It's one of my favorite tropes in pro wrestling. As soon as he comes out, everyone's aware he has an injured hand. His eye ain't doing too well. And what kind of scumbag! What kind of schmuck would go after the injured body parts of his opponent that's cheating? And that is why Johnny, because he is Mr. Wrestling, he can be a face, he can be a heel. He does both really well. Yeah. Favorite heel move, favorite heel move ever. Just go after the injured body part. And if their fans were there, he would have been getting a round of boos every time he went after the vulnerable portions of Mr. Lee's body. 
And there was like a kind of a little bit of a nod. And maybe this is me reading way too into wrestling. But um, when Joey Ryan typically, Joey and Candice and Johnny are all very close. It's obviously they go, yeah. they go way back. Um, but Joey, when he comes down to the ring, he typically like takes out his blow pop and he like holds it in the air. And then he pulls. By his the way, pants I saw out. that video. You got the video on Twitter. Look at Ben Kissel or go for Katie on Twitter. Oh yeah. Uh, somebody found the video of you getting the blow pop. Our I believe out Mitzula. of the crotch. Yep. Of Joey Ryan. Mitsula's a Mitsula's a listener and and good friend of ours. And what up, uh, Mitsula? He's he's fantastic, and he was with with us that night, and I was very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, me and my finest getting the blow pop from Joey Ryan in the ring. Uh, you know, just a little little gem that'll live on the internet from now on. I was just going to say the nice thing about getting a blow pop pulled out of someone's pants, you still got the flavor of the blow pop. So you're not going to have a crotchy mouth. You're going to have a full flavored, you know, you're going to have a full flavored strawberry uh, scented mouth. No one's going to know that a sweaty man took that out from a place near his testicles. Yeah, it's fine. And it's like, fine. look, I've seen the gimmick. We we worked with Joey for two years. I, I know I know what's going on here. I know the, I know the yeah. game. Sure. Nothing to worry about. Um. So <laughs> when so but he he flashes the the uh, the blow pop in the air and he kind of pulls his trunks out and he like dips the the blow pop in his trunks and he like walks down the the ramp. For this in this match, uh, Johnny walks out. He has the keys to the car that he kind of flashes in the air. He pulls his trunks out and he drops the keys in his trunks. And I was like, oh, it's like a little Joey Ryan love right there. It so was cute. because they took the, uh, so for reference, NXT TakeOver In Your House, they took the old set from In Your House, or what looked to be the old set from In Your House, which for those that don't know, it's like, um, oh, I forget that game show where people used to come through the front door. I think it was something about you had to draw something or whatever, but you come through the door and then you go to the ring. They took that door very seriously. Oh my God. As a matter of fact, the door even had a ring uh, one of those camera ring doorbells. Yep. So there was a great shot where Johnny Gargano realizes that Keith Lee is way too pissed off to be in the ring with him. So Johnny's like, I gotta get out of here. Goes to the door, tries to unlock it, realizes the key is in his crotch, and there was just a great <laughs> menacing shot of Keith Lee standing behind Johnny Gargano as if it's like the the scariest home invasion of your life as one of the criminals can't open the door as the other one is, is about to murder him behind him it was, so uh, fun. it was such a great use of the set and yes going after the eye using the key in the crotch those kind of techniques those tactics when it comes to heel wrestling 101 it's surprising how difficult it is to do those things everyone forgets like the level of talent like to be a rick flair level of heel mm -hmm. is extremely difficult it's more difficult than being a face in many ways because you still have to be over you have to like whittle your way into the hearts of people mjf as as katie and i always talk about so does good. a great job of this where you just loved you have to love to hate him mm -hmm. and johnny gargano is doing a great job of making me love hating him yeah. Because of those techniques, those tactics, those Mr. Perfect-like moves, such as pulling the key out of his crotch, jamming it into the eye of Keith Lee, to the point when Keith Lee does win by pinfall, you feel like he, he really had to earn it he because it. Johnny pulled out all the stops, and he even tried cheating. 
And it, it's like the nuanced details because it's so easy as a heel wrestler to go too far to make you want to change the channel. Like it's so like the, yes. there's a very thin line for how evil you can really be before people change the channel or lose interest or or you get the wrong kind of heat. You really he really does like he does perfectly walk that line and any and any match that he's in as a heel. He's so good at going up to the line and then pulling it back just far enough where you're still like, ah, you motherfucker. Totally. Who do you think is the greatest heel wrestler of all time? Oh, no. We can even do, let's do top five heel wrestlers of all time. I'm going to start number five. I'm going to go with Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, he was a dick. Great dickhead. He His body was better than all of ours. His yeah. body was in the 0.1% of the world, and he lets you know it. And he also, you also knew that if your girlfriend or wife wanted to have sex with them, mm-hmm. you would just, with him, you would just have to, you just have to concede the point, And then you have to almost be privileged to have your wife or partner have sex. Like you would have to, it would almost be something that you would talk about immediately. Be like, Stephanie and I were really close. You know, she had sex with Ravishing Rick Rude and everyone would give you a high five somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to put, I mean, you could easily say, you could, I mean, obviously Ric Flair is on the list because. Rick. Woo. Because he has to be. Um, yes. But aside from like the obvious, you know who I, and this, you're going to think I'm crazy and I'm probably going to get a little heat for this. You know who I think has always been a consistent heel or at least a great talker is, I know. I know what I'm going about to say is crazy. I think that I know what you're. The Miz. Who's who? The Miz. The Miz. Oh my God! I thought you were going to go because sleeper. The- I would say a sleeper. But is the Miz okay? Is the Miz a great heel? In the sense that, do I love to hate the Miz, or do I just hate the Miz? I don't know. I can't oh, okay. tell. I am just so. I don't hate the Miz, number one. As a human being, I am just talking about the character and the in-ring prowess. I think you're right. The Miz show is 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 good. But in-ring Miz, to me, is just, it does not compel me. Because he doesn't take his, not, I don't want my wrestlers dead. Um, but I do want them to be. <laughs> the fact that you even have to preface what you're about to say is. <laughs> no, I just, I, but I want, <laughs> this is hard to say. Okay, I just want, I want to see something done in the ring that makes me say, I hope they're still alive. Okay. Miz has never done anything in ring, to to my knowledge, that I that I feel is like, oh, shit. Okay. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not the Hardy Boys. Like, like That's and fair. so. He he hasn't done anything like that for me, and that is why I wouldn't put him there. Okay, but but that but that's fine. That's fine. I would also say not to not to steal two spots of this top five that we're discussing. No, well, we got, I feel so like number five Miz we got Ravishing Rick. Let's do the Miz four. We'll do well. No, we could. Uh, Miz can be an asterisk because I feel like he's still okay, too new right. to really like cement that. He's been wrestling for thirteen years. I know, but he's still like I still consider him like a new school type genre. Like he's still in the okay. Uh, Chris Jericho for sure. Jericho, unreal. So let's go. Yes. So five ravishing Rick. Number four, Chris Jericho. I think that's absolutely a perfect, 
Perfect call. Number three, I'm going with The Rock. The Rock was such an incredible heel. When he first became a heel, people truly hated him. Yeah. And then obviously it became the love to hate, and then it became the face, and then it became The Rock superstar. Now he's Dwayne Johnson. He's like transcended everything. But I would go with The Rock, number three. That's fair. This is now, now it's getting down. Now it's getting down to really the nitty gritty on who is the greatest heel of all time. Mildly impromptu here, so don't hold our feet to the fire. Let us know what you think as well when it comes to greatest heels of all time. All right, I am going to go with number two, greatest heel of all time. I am going to say it is. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy okay. Roddy Piper, number two greatest heel of all time. If you look at what he did, he pushed the line. When he was fighting Junkyard Dog or Coco Beware, when he was, he went, he got very racial. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say mm-hmm. that. When he mm-hmm. smashes Jimmy Snuka with a coconut, mm-hmm. which really did happen. Like, Jimmy Snuka was not happy with that backstage. <laughs> there was a lot of real heat that Roddy Piper would get. Uh, Roddy Piper was one of those guys who would come out uh, from from performing. He would come through the curtain to go backstage, and the promoter would be like, what are you doing? What the frick is wrong with you bro what are you gonna and he's like that's great you just like in his mind he's like i just did a great job they hate me more than ever before i would get beat up if i left Mm -hmm. here so roddy piper in my mind number two and as we mentioned i think you just got to go with rick flair number one because he's probably maybe the greatest oh but then you also have to put rick flair adjacent with Shawn michaels in there but Shawn michaels to me was always a baby we're stone cold like what are you and (sighs) i think the other thing that i have a problem with Running, but no, no okay. Ahead, but this go. is was Stone Cold. Was Stone Cold ever a heel? Ringmaster character never took off. Yeah. Um. And then when Stone Cold came out, yes, I know they have the flip match. I know the I Quit match with Brett, uh, which did flip. I just feel like he was so much more loved than he ever was hated. And that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the then that's the line, right? Like that's the hard part yes. to really. And also, like some of these wrestlers are are guys that. You know, I were I remember absolutely loving and kind of forgetting they were heels. Like I forgot. Yes, I know the Rock was a heel, but you you loved him so much that like he wasn't. Like there's also like you forget. Like oh, the reason I put Rock in there uh, at number three is because when he first came out as Rocky Maivia, son son of uh, of Mr. Johnson. People literally hated him, yes. like to the point where it wasn't like he was a heel or a face. It was like you think you think the Roman Reign chants are bad. Yeah, die Rocky die wasn't just a cute <laughs> sign. It was a sentiment that people held. Like it was people who truly <laughs> hated the Rock. And I, it's because he came out. He had the bushy hair. He was like super lovable. He was just trying to be something he was not and is not. Because the Rock, as we have talked about before, when he tries to relate to people. I say thank you, thank you for trying, but you are you're you're stop, special. Just like stop you are trying special. to relate to people, Rock. No, just stop just it. call me a fat titty bag bastard, and I'll be like, just yes, tell sir. me, I already know you're better than me. You don't have to pretend that you're not. <laughs> and that's what makes a perfect heel. You also have to concede the fact that indeed they are better than you. Yeah. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. 
From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So with Rock, that's why I put him on that list because he... When he did turn full here, you have to remember Nation of Domination, uh, Farouk, um, that whole squad, uh, D'Lo, that whole squad was truly, when you talk about heat, there ain't nothing like racial tension levels of heat. Oh, boy. That, That was, that shit, I was just watching... An old pay-per-view. Maybe it wasn't old. No, it wasn't an old backlash. That didn't start until 99. This was like in 97 or 98. And uh, let's just say some of those fans... There was there was some expletives in there that uh, there even are. at the time weren't necessarily appropriate. They certainly were not appropriate. There are some chants that do not age well. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Um, but let us know, who do you think are the greatest heels of all time? We didn't even put in someone like Vader or, you know, who I think is just an incredible heel, incredible big man. And if you talk about just mouthpiece heels, Jim Cornette, I know you hate him, but one of the, uh, which is, I guess perfect for this segment i hate uh, him for the wrong the, reasons though <laughs> i know you hate him because he just blow v8 and now he's just a grumpy old man and you have to remember as you get older like you gotta let people know you like something otherwise you're just an asshole yeah no he's just an asshole yeah I he's no he's sort of turned the page but an incredible mouthpiece when it comes to uh paul when Heyman? It comes to being the mcmahon's where would you put the mcmahon's on this list mcmahon's are the worst Vince is the number one mouthpiece the of all time that's a real life heel though that's a whole nother that's like the irs needs to investigate level of heel oh there's so many problems (laughs) all right let's talk about finn balor versus damian priest i was commentating on this uh on my instagram and uh, this match was just perfect and damian priest i did not realize this katie um until i looked it up after i heard um uh, i forget what commentator mentioned it he's an inspiration Damian Priest, you might look at him and say, oh, he doesn't have six-pack abs. Not like Finn. He lost 100 pounds. Oh. That is yes. an inspiration. Damian lost 100 pounds. And I was like, damn, bro. Because, you know, I lost 140 at one point. I managed to find back about 80. Hello. Um, but I was very impressed with the fact that he was able to lose that much weight. And if you look at him, he does have that little excess skin. And when we talk about relatability, which obviously is something that I need, which is why I'm not a huge love. Uh, I'm not in love with Brian Cage, although he did do a great segment on AEW Dynamite where he beat the hell out of Johnny Moxley. And that match is going to be great. And that match is going to be. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. But someone like Damian Priest, I'm like, that dude lost all this weight. He got shredded as shredded as he can be. And he was able to put on 
a I think that this match was underrated. I was looking. I don't believe Meltzer rated it high enough. Um, I was looking at CBS Sports. I think I think they gave it a, a, a B, maybe a B minus, something like that. I thought this match was just perfect wrestling. It was there was it was smooth, uh, nonstop. Um, these guys these guys put their bodies on the line. And as far as a a match that didn't have any championship connotation, doesn't look like either of these guys are going to be going after the title anytime soon. I mean, obviously you could put a title around Finn whenever you want to. I just felt like this was a perfect mid-card match, yeah, which is why good... NXT TakeOver yeah. was one of the best pay-per-views that I have seen in a long, long time. It was a good match. The one thing that came out of this match to me was, um, and this this did come up online I, I, like a little bit, was when a performer does a super kick, they typically do a leg slap. Yes. So they hit obviously hit their leg when they at the at the moment of impact to kind of punch you it up. You know what I always bit. thought happened? I was seeing oh I what? always thought there was someone in the back that would watch it. And have you ever seen like the Foley footage? Not Mick Foley, but the Foley footage of like how does it ma- how do you make it sound like oh, someone yeah. broke their ankle and they broke like rhubarbs or something? I kind of thought <laughs> yeah. that maybe somebody watched it backstage and there was like a mic and they would snap. I didn't realize there was the slap. Yeah, they would do they do the leg slap. They do like a chest bump or, or, or an arm slap. Right. Uh, you know, when they when they hit just to kind of punch up a little bit. Um, for some reason in this match, I was seeing literally all of Damian Priest and even some of Finn Balor's either leg slaps or chest slaps. And I was like. What is it me? Because you typically don't see them. They do. They're angled right perfectly, or you're not paying attention. For some reason, I was seeing them in this yeah. match, and then our the esteemed Randy Orton took to the internet for his opinion. Yes, of course. And started calling out some of the guys at NXT, which I wasn't gonna do. I wasn't thinking about doing that, but That's I'm also good, not Katie. Randy Orton. Uh, but I did say something when we were watching. I was like, why? Like, why am I seeing all the leg slaps from Damian Priest? I would just every. Super kick he would do, you'd you'd see it. And I'm like, what is where is he angled oh. differently? Like, what's happening here? I I saw that tweet by Randy. I did not let that take me out of the match. I did notice a few, but I also, I guess I didn't give a shit. Is it? Yeah, there's also okay, that. So I didn't care so, that much. But what is? What do you think that is? Do you feel like that's on the camera? I mean, if they're catching every single well, slap. Then what's the wrestler supposed to do? They only got one leg in yeah. one spot. Every cameraman knows where their leg is. Uh, I feel like that might be on the the, the production crew, yeah. side. I think that might be on the director, uh, him or herself. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because, I mean, every wrestler, I mean, you know where the leg is. You know he's going to slap mm-hmm. it. That's what you do. Yeah. So maybe they're getting a little bit of uh, heat for that, even though it's not their fault. Perhaps they could have concealed it a little bit better, but Randy Orton needs to be careful. Chill out, Randy. Because dial it back a notch. Dial it back a notch because you have just set yourself up for one of the biggest possible fails in wrestling history. <laughs> You've got a big match coming up that's supposed to be the greatest in the world. So if there's one leg slap that's seen, yep. I promise you, you will hear from the NXT universe. Yes, you will, dude. You just set yourself up for because now if you have the greatest match ever, everyone's going to be like, yeah, they broke even. You have to do, like, yeah. there's no winning. Like, it was the the greatest match ever, in my personal opinion, is the dumbest single promotion I have ever seen. Because what's the upside? If you have the greatest match ever, you've just done what you said you were going to do. And if you don't, yeah. which you won't, because it's not going to be, because it's not possible to be. 
And, uh, you've just failed. And who? And who is? Who is? Who's the mark? And I'm legitimately wondering who's who's the audience that's like, hey guys, we got to go watch Backlash this weekend. I heard they're gonna have the greatest match of all time. Like, who's actually like this? It's not even. It's like not. There's so many problems with it. There. It's not helping anyone. Everyone's just calling you out, being like, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. And it's, it, well, it's not because the first, if, if they're, uh, if they're, uh, falls count anywhere match, if that was an incredible match and they had a lot of heat going into that match, um, obviously with the Royal Rumble, with, with, um, uh, with Edge being the surprise guest and Randy and this whole thing, we're friends, we're best friends the whole turn. You guys know the, you guys know the story. If that match that had a bunch of heat on it was such a it was it was a letdown because of length because of pacing be, they they did things that I personally thought maybe would have worked with the crowd maybe but they did things that in my personal opinion showed and this is not a wrestling move they put their heads up their own asses they 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 both of the both of them are sniffing their own farts and be like smells like roses guys it's not I can't it. watch forty five minutes of old men trying to stand up no I can't which is why the the last man standing matches are the absolute worst if you want to watch Batista versus Undertaker at a uh, at Backlash WWE Network is doing the best of Backlash matches not not the greatest pay per view of all time but um to have the best of <laughs> but if you look at like Taker Batista last man standing it's just a punch and then, and then we- it's like sit around for nine now we nine count. count and then oh my god one of you it's gets good if up. you're trying to teach your child how to count to 10 <laughs> that's it that's the whole vibe it's like is he gonna get up and then it's like yeah he's gonna get up because he just took a clothesline yeah. and now we have to wait seven seconds uh, so randy orton don't uh don't you know don't, 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 don't throw soon. stones you're not living in the most uh concrete house yourself here buddy there's some pretty big glass windows in there not that he isn't one of the greatest of all time but you know all right easy well, does it randy easy does it randy and just be, and, and 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 damian priest lost 100 pounds you ass that's what i'm yeah. saying that's <laughs> give what him I'm a saying. break give him a break he's got he's got flab he's got he's got more flab on him um tomaso Ciampa versus carrie and cross I think this match was good, um, but I don't want to talk about the match so much as I do. Tommaso Ciampa def- got defeated. Karrion Cross beat Tommaso Ciampa uh, in ring sleeper. He's gone. He's he's, he's down. Can't can't uh, can't continue. I I made the prediction that I think they're burying Ciampa, and my prediction and my personal opinion is true on this. Mm. Why, I mean, like, why isn't Tommaso Ciampa? Why isn't he winning these matches? Carrying Cross is a great wrestler. I mean, just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, good bald head. But why isn't Tommaso Ciampa getting over anymore? I I, I just feel like without the Johnny Gargano storyline, mm. NXT doesn't know what to do with him. And I think he's being underutilized. I really do. Tommaso I Ciampa, I'm, I'm going to say that, and maybe this is out of line, Katie. He might do better on the WWE main roster. I mean, I would love to see him on the main roster with, and like, if if he joined like Seth Rollins faction, it'd be incredible. Right now, I would be and instead of like whoever I think they have Murphy or whoever they have in there now. Yeah, the, like I I mean, he's yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. I maybe he's outgrown the NXT brand. Maybe, 
I mean, he just the the storyline when he when he was able to come back from neck injury. Obviously, Edge also coming back from neck injury. Stone Cold for a time coming back from that neck injury before it inevitably sidelined him. It was huge. He had more love mm-hmm. than ever, and he's a great wrestler. I watched this match again. Great match, but when Cross won, I was like, "Why? Why are they not putting this guy over more?" And right. I, I just don't see it. I mean, if you recall, when the, maybe this to me is a reminder how we need an audience just to guide WWE in all brands a little bit. Mm-hmm. People want to see Champa win. Yes. This guy is such a badass. He looks so cool. He is he is a stone cold like character in the sense that I'm scared as shit of him, but I also support him. Yes. He's a great and he's a great heel. So I just and don't babyface. And babyface. I mean at this point I think he's more of a babyface because uh they're not putting him over at all and to be a good heel you got you got to win. You know you have to t- you have to beat the people that people love. Yeah, and NXT is clearly pushing Carrion and uh and Scarlet and like they have a storyline that seems to be introduced against Adam Cole um, this week. So I think like we'll see. They're clearly pushing Carrion. So yes. the, like they're gonna do that. They're gonna do that push. We'll see how that goes. I think he's great. Um, I think the best thing about Carrion Cross is Scarlet because <laughs> yes. she's just she is a literal smoke show. Um, yes. And so I mean we'll see we'll see we'll see how that goes. It's I'm it's fine. I'm not like. I'm in the middle on it. I'm like, eh, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to see Tommaso, because you can do so much with him. You can do so much. So much. And he's great on the mic. Maybe when the crowd comes back, maybe he's going to get a push. But I, we've seen this before, where someone who is over, start losing a little bit, start losing a little bit more. And then WWE, this is why wrestling results are still real in a weird way. Like once, once WWE just is like, oh yeah, we can, he can lose. He can drop. He, he, he'll put this guy over, put this, put that guy over this guy and the other guy. Uh, You do begin to get lost in the shuffle. And so if I'm Ciampa, I'm going back and I'm talking to Triple H. I'm talking to Michaels, Shawn Michaels. And I'm just like, next match, I'm winning. Like, I'm winning a match. Like, I'm winning yeah. a big match soon. You guys have got to get me over. You've got to write me a winning match. Otherwise, what the hell am I doing mm-hmm. here? And like, when he needs, he needs, he needs an opponent with that can he can pull story from. Yes. Like him and Johnny had one of the best storylines, I would say, in at, oh, I mean, for sure, in NXT history. Absolutely, a great wrestling storyline. And one one years and years in the making. Yes, and it was so good, and it was and, and it was so real. They are real friends in real life. They were in each other's weddings. Like, there's so much right. to pull from. He needs that. He needs a story of that caliber, or I mean, may, he, maybe he doesn't need a story of that caliber, but he needs a story. And right yes. now, he doesn't really have one. And maybe and that think, could be the story. I don't know. Maybe that is the story. But I think that's a testament to the lack of writing. That, mm. that plagues all of WWE. And I'm sorry I said the word plague wrong. Don't even stress it. <laughs> that is the problem when you have a six-month turnover on average for writers. The the Gargano Ciampa story wrote itself because, first of all, it was it was written already and then he got injured. Mm-hmm. It wrote itself because, there are, as Katie said, they are real-life friends. So when they turn against each other, you're like, damn. Um, 
this just to me is showing lack of creativity to not have and I get they're pushing carrying carrying is great but maybe set up a different match then maybe get I just I, I just felt the way he dropped it or not dropped anything the way he lost the match mm-hmm. I just felt like they were trying to bury him a little bit and if I'm Tommaso Ciampa it's time to get a W under your belt before WWE is just like he's a jobber he's just gonna yeah. go out just have, you just, go make our stars look good Go make our stars look good. Absolutely. And uh, he is way too good to only be making others look good. And Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, if I was scripting that match, Tommaso, it was a great match, but Tommaso should have won it. That's what I think. Because he's he's been there a lot. Well, all right. I know you're a Carrion crosshead. Yeah. All right. I, just I mean, like- I get why Carrion won, but I I agree with you. I don't I don't think it should have been Tommaso in that match. It could have easily been another mid Carter, and not that Tommaso is a mid Carter, but, but it well, he definitely been, is a mid Carter now. Yeah, I mean, you could have put you could put Finn in that match and and really and really pushed Carrion. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, why why not Finn? Like, why why Tommaso? So I think yeah, I think that's. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah. If to if, if yeah, you really want Carrion to just, win, let's put him up against someone like Tomo- Like let's not bury Tommaso. I'm with you. Exactly I'm because because Finn is so established. Like if Finn loses, yeah. you're like, damn, okay. Like, Finn, oh shit. That that's incredible. Like when Taker loses, uh, every now and again, like when he put Lesnar over at WrestleMania. You don't think, oh my God, they're burying Taker. Although literally, it seemed that that was going to be the retirement, and that was kind of part of the storyline. But you mostly think, damn, I can't believe Taker put Lesnar over. Yeah. You don't think Lesnar just killed Taker. Right. And in this case, it's like, I think I think Killer, form, Karen, Karen, formerly known as Killer, just murdered Tommaso Ciampa in a yeah. real career sense. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm with you. And speaking of murder, the, the final match, which we'll just kind of talk about briefly, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. Out of all the cinematic matches that we've seen, which is what they went with here, which I think was what we sort of alluded to when it comes to the backlot brawl, I, I, I don't know. This, this, this was the worst card on the match. <gasps> uh, this really? Was, this was the worst card. Or this was the worst match on the card. That's what I thought. Wow. I mean, what okay. did you think? I don't know. Did I, 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 I actually love this match. Really? What did you love so much about? I, first of all, I like that Dream shed the, the Prince gimmick for a match. I like yes. that he came out as like dark dream. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, the, that was my first like, oh, okay, I'm into this. I'm, I'm, I, I, I like where we're going here. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a little sloppy coverage wise um, from like a production standpoint. But I, yeah, I, you know, I, li- I liked it. Maybe. I liked the car thing. I think that was fun. I did think that was fun. It was, it was again, a bit of an homage to classic backlot brawls before. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, for those that don't know, Adam Cole defeated Velveteen Dream. Maybe it was the production. Perhaps that's what took me out of it. I never got sucked in. I did not get sucked mm-hmm. in like I did with Money in the Bank. I did not get sucked in like I did with um, uh, with the uh, Graveyard match. Even The Fiend versus John Cena, I felt a little bit more connected to, even though I thought that was a little disjointed as well, although I think Bray Wyatt's an absolute genius. I just never... I, I, I felt the way it was shot was more of a veneer than then allowed me to enter the world and maybe that's that, fair maybe that is just the production angle because you're right i mean the, the wrestling itself was solid 
the, the no one made massive mistakes, obviously. But I just I felt like I was watching a D movie, not mm. a good wrestling match. And I guess that's sort of the difficulty when it comes to the cinematic style that I hope stays around forever because I really do like yeah. it. But what we're learning, I think, or what I'm learning is, if not done really well, it can make you just feel like you're watching a fight scene that is a, a B-level They Live, John Carpenter's mm-hmm. They Live, which is a B-level movie to begin with, although it is one of the greatest yeah. films of all time. So maybe that. So maybe it's more on my perception because... And maybe I was just on the wrong amount of edibles. It's also possible I, I didn't take I didn't take the exact. I was on I think sixty edibles. So maybe I or sixty uh, milligram edibles. Maybe I needed eighty or or forty. Maybe the doctor was wrong on my prescription. The doctor in this case being Puffin, my <laughs> Dr. dog. Doctor Puffin. Doctor Puffin. Um, I, it was it was I like I mean there were yes I'm with you. It was shot. It was clearly shot on the it was full sale backlot. Full sales the university that they shoot y- NXT yes. at. Um, it looked like it was to me, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's also my production brain talking of like, oh, this is clearly at full sale. Um, it, it like, it was, I think what they needed for me, and this is going to be a super producery, uh, TV person. Get producer because I mean, that's the thing with uh, these high, more pro- high and wide, high and wide steady shots. I'm with you. That's what I needed. I'm with you. I felt it, it seemed to me a little bit, let's see, what would be a good reference here? Um, Blair Witch Project too. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like, all right. I I I know the cameraman is an active participant, but I don't really need to see the cameraman. I don't need to see everything through the cameraman's exact lens. I need right. to see something set. I need to like. I guess I never got my footing. That's that was my problem. I never got my footing. They didn't really give you the opportunity either because they had they literally had one establishing shot and right. establishing shot is obviously the shot that tells you where where you are as an as a viewer. Yes. Tells you where everyone everything is. Uh, they it was really quick. And I because I, I, I said the same thing. I was like, OK, so where are we in the world? You know, when you're in the ring, you know, when you're in the arena, you know where the hard cam is, you know, where you just naturally as a viewer, you kind of need the layout of the land and you never yes. really got a sense of uh of adjustment to where you were in this world of like there's kind of cars driving around there's headlights and there's buildings and you're like all right where where's the wall where are we where's my backup again and how did the cars get there I, you know all of a sudden they're surrounded by cars with headlights on and i'm like what wait Hold on. When did this turn into a have, biker you know orgy like when, what happened my theory my theory on this is and this is, I can, I, I didn't want to ask one of my friends because I did think that they did a really good job. I have friends that shot this and I think that uh, they, sh- they shoot for NXT and WWE and they're phenomenal camera operators. Uh, but I didn't want to ask them this because I didn't want to like be a dick. But my thought is they're using the headlights because uh, when they lit for this scene, they didn't light it properly when they didn't light enough or they didn't, they didn't realize how much it would cost to actually light it properly. Right. So they use the headlights. That's my And if that is the case. That's my like low budget answer of like my guess is they didn't quite think this through and they needed some headlights. And and if that is the case kudos because everyone who's ever worked on anything cinematically, anyone who's ever worked on any film, everything goes wrong that can't go wrong. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. everything it's, it's like a good, good te- 
It was a good try. It was a good try. It's like every tattoo artist will tell you, like, the majority of their job is just covering up mistakes that they make. Like, that's like half of production <laughs> is just covering up your own mistakes to be like, and that is perfect. Yep, that's exactly how he meant it, guys. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, before we get to match from the past, let's just briefly go over what's happening this Sunday. WWE WWE Backlash 2020. Uh, I know Katie is not exactly sold on this lineup because of how amazing no. a- AEW uh, All In or Double or Nothing was and because of how amazing NXT TakeOver in your house was. But let's just go through this lineup and see if we can't find uh, some potential hidden gems here. Uh, a match that I think could be good, Katie. Go on. Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black. I think this match has a high potential. I think Alistair is operating at a very high level right now. Um, I love the sort of darkness of Seth Rollins. I think he's doing a good job as the Monday Night Messiah. He's leaning into the heel role. I think we'll know more about his success in that role once the audience is there. We'll see if that role is actually selling. Personally, I feel like he's doing a good job of being seen as sort of a mastermind manipulator behind the scenes with his sort of minions. It's kind of a classic WWE trope, whether you look at Undertaker or Bray. This is something that happens on a regular basis where there's a a mentor, a sage, um, a prophet, which is what Seth Rollins' character is, along with his followers. I could see Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black being a match that puts over Alistair Black, and that's what I'm hoping for. I hope that Alistair gets a push. I was hoping he would have won Money in the Bank. Obviously, that went to our man Otis. He and Mandy are happier than ever, which I'm very happy to say. (laughs) I I want this match to be for Alistair. I think that Alistair will end up beating um, uh, Seth, and I think he's going to end up beating his entire troop of followers at some point throughout the match. That's how I want this match to go. And if it does go that way, I will be pleased. So what do you think is going to happen with uh, with Rollins and Alistair? I think this will be the one match on the card that's worth anything. You are such a negative. Why are you? <laughs> you are a negative Nancy on this entire pay-per-view. This enti- I am so negative. I could not be. The only reason I'm watching this pay-per-view on Sunday, the only reason is because we're in a pandemic, a race war, I don't have a job, and it's Sunday. Those are the four <laughs> reasons. Are I'm not. And I'm what's not, wrong? Those are four very valid And I'm reasons. pregnant. I can't even leave the house if I wanted to. So, like... <laughs> That's why I'm watching this match. Oh on my god, I can't. I, I don't know if our audience knows that you're pregnant, but yes, Katie is pregnant. She's uh, eight she, months that, pregnant. That baby is almost all cooked up. So yep. you have been. You've had a hell of a year. A pandemic, race war, uh, everything else under the sun, plus pregnancy. Your your child is gonna. When you tell him, like, what was it like when I was in the womb? I don't know whatever child would ask that. You have to bring that up, sure. and then it'll yeah. be like, shut up, mom. That's disgusting. Um, yeah. But what a way to be brought into this world. I mean, it's just an asterisk of like what's actually happening in the world. It's like, oh, and I'm pregnant. And I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins, Alistair, I'm rooting for Alistair. All right, let's go to the Raw Tay Team Championship. I am excited for this match as well. I don't know what's wrong with... we. Maybe it's... I'm Now I can say it's pregnancy issues. Um, the Street Profits... Versus. I can't believe you pulled the you pulled the angry pregnant woman card on me. <laughs> the Street Profits, they're the champs versus the Viking Raiders. Uh, what is have you wrong seen with this you? segment? This segment is the du- like literally I love their this cha- past. I, 
Yes, they're Rob. they're going one for one. I love the bowling segment. The Viking Raiders were able to pull that off. Um, adorable. It was Once. adorable. It's they've been doing this story for three weeks of pre-taped segments that are awful. Like literally oh. this last Monday, it was like a twenty felt like a twenty-minute segment of them going like, and now we're gonna we're gonna flip cup. Just like, and now we're gonna shoot arrows like it's all right, very enough. difficult to do those things and uh, i think we all know the street profits are better than the viking raiders oh my <laughs> god well this is a microcosm of what at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on out there on the streets? You know, Viking Raiders, obviously big Nordic monsters. The Street Profits, who I had a chance when they did end up uh, taking the titles. I was at that show. I was at Barclays Center. I uh, I got one of the cups because they passed them out. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was in the shot, as a matter of fact, where they're running behind the, uh, behind the fans and everything. I saw I, you. It was very cool. My, okay. First of all, the Viking Raiders, they are the only true tag team right now in WWE. So, I like them. I like a, I like a good yeah. symbiotic team. I like it to be a little corny. They remind me they're a little bit they're a little bit uh Legion of Doom ask not don't freak don't freak out. They're a little in the sense that they they are larger than life. You know, mm-hmm. they they have a great gimmick. It's very fun. Um Street Profits Another, oh, other than, of course, I take, I take that back immediately. Street Profits are also a legit tag team, but not in the set, not in the same gimmicky way as the Viking Raiders. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. You know saying. what I'm saying? It's like super mm-hmm. corny. Like if you saw the Viking Raiders dress like that on the streets, you'd be like, where's the Ren Fair? If you saw the Street Profits, you'd be like, cool. All right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to see the Viking Raiders get over in this match. I maybe you don't maybe you don't agree with me. That's okay. I'm going Viking Raiders. Do I think it's going to happen? I do not. But is that what I want to see happen? Yes. Not because I don't think the street the street profits are incredible as a tag team, but they can continue the story going. They can continue this whole thing happening. They can continue. Street profits are gonna get another chance at the title again. They were an unbelievable tag team. I would not mind seeing, and this is this is going to be a little crazy. Montez Ford. This is is Montez Ford going to be the Shawn Michaels or the Otis of the Street Profits? Does he go off and do singles matches? I think that he could. I love his partner. What's his partner's name? Angelo Dawkins. Angelo Dawkins. I love him. He's great. I am wondering: Is Angelo the Tucker of the Street Profits? Tucker, of course. 
uh, from heavy machinery. Don't say that. Is it possible that Montez Ford goes on and has a singles career? Is it possible? That's all I'm saying. If the Street Profits lose, do they push Montez as a singles competitor? Don't, don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't. No, they're too good together. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I see what you're saying, but I don't that's like. That's what it. they always do. They always do that. Now I think. Uh, I, I think um, Dawkins is going to have a career no matter what, you know. Um, but I'm just wondering because you look at Montez Ford. That guy is extremely good. Extremely. When he talented. goes off the top rope, it is unfucking believable. It's the beautiful. air he gets is unreal. It's unreal. Anyway, I'm I'm rooting for the Viking Raiders just because I love a corny ass gimmick. And you know what? Why the hell not? But you're going Street Profits, Katie? I'm going to go Street Profits. Well, you tend to be right, so I should probably already admit that I'm wrong. All right. <laughs> then we also have a match that has been led up to now in WWE's defense, Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. They have been pushing. They, what is wrong with you? You are crazy. They have been pushing this match for a good six weeks. This has been sort of the rise of Jeff Hardy. They've done the mini um, sort of story of Jeff Hardy to reintroduce him perhaps to a new Which audience. also I have a problem with. What is the problem with it? They're doing like a DY angle with him. And like his, his like, with here's the thing. A I don't D, have a problem. He has some trouble with alcohol and drinking and I, driving. Oh, look. I don't have a problem with you pulling from uh, pulling from real life experiences for your character story. I get it. Uh, but to waste it on Seamus, what are we doing? Like, stop it. You it's not like Seamus is really going to elevate. No, it's <laughs> it's not like Seamus is going to elevate a story. Seamus is like, a, a, to me, Seamus is a jobber that's just trying too hard. And just be what you are, wow. Seamus. You're mediocre. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're a nice guy, and I hope this doesn't get back to him because I don't like to hurt anyone's feelings. But no, she- well, <laughs> this won't hurt his feelings because I'm going to tell you this thing: if you, Seamus, is a rich man's Murphy. Seamus is the yeah. one who was out there. He has been out there for a long time. Super over, ripped as hell. Great wrestler mm, in ring. Has he really been over? Yes, He's he just has been. been there. Yes, he has been. I was. I've been to two two events where Sheamus wrestled, and people go sh- crazy for him. They love him because he's with Cesaro. The only problem with the Cesaro Sheamus doesn't have a character. I love the Swiss cyborg, but Cesaro, Cesaro, he is like. Okay, I'm, now you're making me be negative, but I don't want Cesaro's a great wrestler. <laughs> but who was who was the voice of Cesaro and Sheamus? Sheamus and Cesaro. It was Sheamus. Well, that's because Sheamus was the one that had all the charm and charisma. Cesaro's an incredible wrestler, but that—that's ridiculous. They, they weren't cheering. I, they were cheering both I of them. I disagree with you, sir. Well, I am going to say I was always cheering Cesaro. Jeff Hardy better win this match. That is one thing I will say. Jeff Hardy better beat Sheamus. Uh, if you're going to do this uh, storyline, if you are going to do the recovery storyline, if you're going to do the redemption storyline, if you're going to do the storyline of this guy is fucked up his entire life, you better get Jeff Hardy over. That's all That's and all I'm going to say on this. We are recording this uh, before the Friday Night Smackdown, and apparently there is a unfavorable storyline. I don't know if it'll actually happen or not tomorrow, but there's a storyline tomorrow which, between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy that if if they do it, oh boy. What is it? It's, 
It's uh, there's apparently a drug test. Hardy's going to take a drug test, and <sighs> something will go sideways, and he he will throw the cup of pee on uh on Seamus. Now that is a rumor. I have zero confirmation. I've seen it going around, but it makes sense to me. So is this going to mess up? So are they trying to mess up the match? Would this match potentially no, be? I think they'll still. It's just elevation, I guess. That was story. I mean, like it's it, you know, it makes sense. Like I could absolutely see WWE doing a storyline like that and and trying to. So okay. So what don't you like about it? Because I understand at some point Vince has the uh, tendency. To become exploitative. Yes. And is, is that is that your issue? Because I get that from I get that I get that. Um, Jeff Hardy needs work. We all need work, uh, and and basically you are at the behest of of the writers and of Vince. So if, does Jeff want to be part of this storyline? We don't know. I would assume that again he's happy to be wrestling again. <sighs> okay. A lot of people. If this is true, if that which is true, it could if it could it could not be true. But you know, a lot of people have drug tests a lot of people have histories that you know that they're working uh, you know hard to uh, to be better people I, that's what i am getting out of it see that's what i'm trying to take from the jeff hardy storyline i don't love the idea if that is true that he has a failed drug test and he throws piss at Seamus's face no. <laughs> i don't love it i'm not in love with the story um if that does happen on smackdown we will find out how will that impact backlash? We'll also find that out. That to me seems a little exploitative. Because if you're gonna have Jeff fake relapse, I don't particularly like that angle. I like the redemption story, which is what they've been going for thus far. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. It's all of this just has there's so many red flags with this story. I just feel and it goes back to what we were saying of like, if you're gonna tell a heel story, or it's like you can you can if you're Seamus is the heel in this yes. scenario, right? Big time. So you have a window of you have a window of terrible things that you can do, and you can go up to that line or you can cross it. The minute you cross it, you're going to lose. You're going to lose the views. You're going to lose people like me that I'm just like I'm not interested in the story, and I already hate Seamus. So like, there's really nothing here for me. You don't have the love hate for him. No, 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 no. This I don't enjoy hating him. I just right. rather not watch him. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. eh. uh, this is a scenario where they could have gotten me back. But they haven't gotten me back because they, it doesn't, nothing, I don't, eh. It's Blech. hard for, it's That's hard for WWE. I think it is because it's, it's still Vince. Um, it's hard for them to tell a story where it doesn't seem like you're laughing at and not with, or, or you're not, you know, with Jeff, I don't want this. If Jeff DeHardy does not win this match. To me, it's just a kick in the nuts. It is just right. it to me that would that would ruin everything that this story was. If right. Jeff Hardy relapses and then has if he comes out as like fake drunk, or if he comes out as like fake stoned or something like that, a la Jake the Snake, who was very real drunk and very real stoned. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I think that that would be a, a bridge too far, and then you lose the redemption storyline and you lose anything that's uplifting with the entire storyline. I'm totally yeah. with you. So if they handle it poorly, I will be on board. And if Hardy doesn't win, I think this entire thing has been useless. I so mean, Jeff he has Hardy, to win, right? He has to he win. He has to yeah, win. He has to win. If he doesn't, then yes, I will concede. And I will say that was the one of the dumbest storylines that we've seen in a while.
Uh, we also have the United States Championship, Apollo Cruz versus Andrade. I'm rooting for Apollo Cruz in this. Andrade is cool. He's doing just fine. He got this shot um, by winning a triple threat match against Angel Garza and Kevin Owens. Uh, Andrade, of course, the main squeeze to Charlotte Flair and Apollo Cruz, a relatively new champion. Uh, I was happy that he got the uh, championship belt, um, and I want him to retain. That's basically it. This match yeah. to me is it's a little. The one thing with Apollo Cruz's character, um, and Andrade's to some degree, I want to see it more flushed out. Like the, pro- I think that Vince has a hard time writing for black people. Yeah, I really do. Because Apollo Cruz, it's just another. It's just like Ahmed Johnson, Apollo Cruz, Bobby Lashley, Titus O'Neil. Tell me how they're different. I mean, Ahmed, Ahmed had a, had a small difference because he had the, obviously going back to the nation of domination. There was something there, but it just seems like, come on, like, where's the, where is, where is the, um, where is the, uh, not interesting parts of, but where's like the flamboyant character work? Yeah. You know where's their story? Where's what their is, story? What's, their, what's uh, like, uh, the only thing that I know about Apollo Crews is that. Uh, I worked on a show when I worked on a show for WWE or NXT WWE Network. Uh, he was part of the cast, and he was awesome. Like he's such a badass wrestler, and he's such a sweet. He has like such a sweet personality, and he's so nice and friendly. And there's something just so likable about him. Yeah. Um. Like like what like let's go let's go there let's dig into this and let's yeah. have fun with it and and build a character. Aside from this awesome high flyer, yeah, um, that you've seen occasionally on two hundred five and like occasionally well, on NXT. I mean, it's fascinating that he is a high flyer because he is so stacked. Usually, yeah. high flyers are are much thinner, like an Angel Garza or an Andrade, uh, who yeah. I don't even think I would consider Andrade necessarily a high flyer, but. They're usually much smaller people. Like the fact he can move with that amount of muscle mass at the at the he's, rate that he does and how high he gets, it really so is incredible. He's he so really talented. is. So I'm I'm hoping he retains. Women's Tag Team Championship. You can look forward to watching Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss versus the Iconics. Um, I personally want to see Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss win. Again, I think Alexa Bliss is one of the greatest on-mic performers ever. And Nikki Cross, I just I love. She's like George the Animal Steel with a vagina. She is just like so crazy. I'm like, I could see her going over the turnbuckle and tearing it apart with her teeth. So that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, she's... You're, she's grown her new her her new place with Alexa Bliss has grown on me. I know that that wasn't always the case, but she's she's grown on me in this new position. I loved what her gimmick was in NXT. Uh, I was sad to see it go, but I understand why why she is where she is, and she's just great. Well, I think he, I think it creates a good dichotomy between her and Alexa. Like that's what I like about this tag team. Yeah. there really is yeah. two different strong. Uh, strong storied people two different strong characters coming together which is what i really really like and they have turned into a hell of a tag team yeah uh so i'm hoping that they win the bailey sasha and i love both bailey and sasha banks uh more sasha than bailey but that's that's whatever i am i'm like all right i got it you're all good you guys keep you beast you great um and then the iconics 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I love the iconic. You like them? I I haven't found one of their matches to be particularly solid. Uh, no, they're not. Gr- uh, I agree with you. Compared to uh, NXT women, it's like, oh, this kind of brings me back to where might as well have a bra and panty match. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. However, they are. I love their characters. I yes. love that they play. Well, I saw them. I literally saw them at a gym, uh, at an exhibition show at a gym in uh, in Orlando for NXT. It was like five bucks to get in. It was in like a it was in a middle school gym somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and they came out and they were like the shoppy twins or something. Like they were the iconics, but they came out as like the girls at the mall that you fucking hated in middle school. Right. Like the popular pretty ones that were just like, oh my God, we're best friends and nothing can ever stop us. And like, you're just like, fuck you guys. And then ever since then, yeah. I've loved them and they still have a little bit of that. They still have the, Will yeah. you go to prom with me? Will you go to prom with me? And that's just me yes. practicing in the mirror and I never actually asked them. Yeah. Yes. No, I get that. They're the popular girls in, they're the mean girls. And I really, and I think that somehow they have avoided falling into the divas, uh, you know, world because they can wrestle. They were, they, they are, they're from Aust- uh, Australia. They were wrestlers in Australia. There are legitimate athletes. Okay. Um, Maybe it's not- just the matches that I have seen. I, and also, I've only seen them in these kind of like three tag team match. They like, haven't really had. Yeah, they haven't yeah. really broken out of that. Okay, so we'll see. I'm I'm rooting for Nikki and Alexa. I'd love to see them with the strap. Um, Edge versus Randy Orton in the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> um, I want, I'm going to go with Edge. I want Edge to win. I love the rated R superstar. He's a Hall of Famer. They're both Hall of Famers. But just so Randy can be humbled a little bit, stop yelling at people. I'll go with Edge. And again, they have set themselves up for, um, man, for a, I don't even know how they're going to do this. And I don't know why they did it this way. I hate the gimmick. I hate the angle. I think they've just set themselves up for failure. They're both not in their prime. There's no way it's going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. No way. So we'll see. Uh, I mean... I'll be shocked. I th- I think Randy Orton's going to take this one. So, oh wait, no, I think you're right. I think Edge is going to take this one. I hope one. so. And then a match that I am actually truly excited for because I love the champion, the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka versus Nia Jax. I want Asuka to win, obviously. She is one of my favorite wrestlers, genitalia uh, uh, aside. She is just one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> it's like, where are we um, going with I- this? <laughs> I don't care, men or women. Asuka, like if you ask me one of my top favorite wrestlers right now, Asuka's just on the list. Um, I just hope she doesn't get killed because Nia, it continues to be the trend. And again, I have defended Nia and I will um, because wrestling's a tough business. You people get hurt, but you don't want people to get hurt needlessly. And I crapped all over Goldberg because he's a he's a horrible wrestler <laughs> because he injures people and Naya Naya doesn't seem to really be learning the sensitivity she does have a, of pro she has wrestling. a track record for for hitting a little stiff and I I just I don't think that Naya has I don't think she deserves the belt I think Asuka deserves a chance to truly defend the belt. Obviously, the storyline right now is um, you know Becky Lynch the man now she's the mom Um she gave Asuka the belt, right? So the story is just like, Asuka, you didn't earn it, all this stuff. So I hope that Asuka beats Nia. Asuka's over. Nia's the heel. Asuka's the face. Everyone loves her. And 
I don't know why I feel like I can understand when when she speaks Japanese. I feel like you I know exactly what she said, but I know I can. I, but I feel like I can. I lo- I love it. The minute she, I remember the first time she cut a promo in Japanese, and I was like, "Please keep doing this." I don't know what you just said, but I was along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whatever it was. Yes. I completely agree with her. So Asuka versus Naya, rooting for Asuka. I feel Asuka. you, girl. I feel you. She's the best. We have the Universal Championship match. For those that forgot, who is the Universal Champion? Right now, you might be thinking, think to yourself for five seconds. We'll do a, we'll do a Mr. Rogers five-second count. Who right now is the Universal Champion? It's Braun Strowman. Mm. If you thought of Braun Strowman, <laughs> congratulations, because it has been, for some reason... I thought Bray Wyatt before I looked at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> the Universal Championship, it has like a cloaking device, apparently. It's yeah. like an invisibility shield. I don't know why you get the Universal Championship belt, and then they're like, and we'll see you, bye. Like, yeah. I don't understand it. Braun Strowman is the Universal Champion. I love the monster among men. He will be going against two people... The Miz and John Morrison. I hope Braun wins um, because I don't even know what would happen if if Miz and John Morrison won. Have we, what would they do? Are they are would they wear the belt together? Do they get like an extended belt? Can you be two people with one championship? I don't know. I, I, none of this. Your lack of concern is really. That's my enthusiasm for this. There it is. Braun Strowman, <laughs> WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. I am... What ro- is this match? Why? Why? Well, I don't because, understand this match either. All right. Well, I'm rooting for Drew on that one uh, just because I would like to see him again I'm rooting with for Bobby audience. Lashley. Let's fucking... Let's you fuck want Bobby? Up. Then Bobby that's Lashley. fine. Then that's fine. Then we'll do Bobby Lashley. I'm doing... I'll, I'll do... You do Bobby. I'm going to have sex with Mr. <laughs> Mr. McIntyre. Go get him. Your negativity towards this entire backlash, <laughs> you wait until next week, and it, it will be a great pay-per-view, and then I'll be able to gloat. And then I'll say, look at that. So I'm going to call Vince I tonight, and I'm going to say, my word is on the line here, Vince. Don't mess this up for me. I hope that this is the greatest show of all time. There you go. That's what we can hope. We can shit in one hand and open the other, but we'll see which one fills up first. But that's okay. It's going to be amazing. All right, folks. Let's do Match from the Past. We have just sort of been dumping, speaking of shit, on this guy just because he's so mean sometimes. But Randy Orton, truly a phenomenal wrestler. This match from the past, Katie, what are we going to listen to? We are going to listen to Randy Orton versus The Edge Woo. from 2004. Not the, it's not The Edge. Sorry. The, the Edge is, a, is, the, I, is the guitarist for freaking U2. I do, when, I do have a tendency to call him The Edge. And I don't know where it came from, and I know it's wrong. But I also used to call Han Solo Hans Olo. So, you know, that's who that's who you're dealing with. Uh, Randy Orton versus Edge Intercontinental title match from 2004 from a WWE pay-per-view called Vengeance. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this is the bar that they're going to try to uh, try to raise tomorrow. So we'll see how Six. that goes. 16 years later, we're not Benjamin Button. We don't age in reverse, so we shall see. All right, let's listen to this week's match from the past. Sitting Edge for the ride. Edge counters. Free shot. Oh, impaler. 
a new Intercontinental Champion there. Edge must be thinking. Can I open my eyes? What I'm thinking of. Did Randy lose? No, Randy didn't lose. I thought he was done for then, JR. Next thing you know, you'll have some Randy Orton tattoos. Orton trying to pull himself back up. I'm beginning to think of Edge couldn't beat Orton without him Taylor. He may not beat him all, be able to beat him at all. Randy Orton, he just said it. Randy Orton may be unbeatable. Orton trying to cover up here. And Edge is... Great south. Another cover up. Look at this. Look at this. Come on. Now I'm beginning to wonder what it's going to take. Randy Orton just dropped Edge across that unexposed metal turnbuckle. Then used the rope for leverage and still didn't get the win. Orton encouraging Edge to stand up. Could it be time for the RKO? Oh, yeah. I feel an RKO, JR. I feel it coming on. Oh! oh. Edge a foot of the RKO. Orton made some more turnbuckle. Edge just, he's going to uncoil. I feel a spear. And, oh, my God, what athleticism by Orton. Oh, Leapfrogging the spear. And this time it's Edge, who went face first into the second turnbuckle. Athleticism. I mean, it's athleticism personified. There's no rules. Orton going to the RKO. Champion. Look at these people. Everybody in this arena is on their feet. We can't blame them. A series of near fall. Exchange. Exchange. Oh, that explosive turnbuckle. The spear. That's not the end. It is. Oh, it just won the title. Oh, my God. Okay, everyone, there it was. A great teaser to what could potentially be the greatest wrestling match ever. Randy Orton and Edge. Can they do it again? We shall see as Katie looks at me with a with a smirk that says, probably not. But we shall see. They're so young. They're so young in this match. I, that's They look like just... Ba- they are babies. It's incredible. Randy Orton's never grown a beard in this match. It's incredible. Watching point. the old pay-per-views, I just... Because I don't feel like I've aged past... I think I stopped at like 14. Pretty much the same kid. Mm-hmm. A little bit better, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But man, it's a good reminder that like we're getting older. Oh, yeah. No, there's this... Yeah. Isn't that fun? And I have a feeling this... I think the, uh, the match, the greatest match of all time, will also be a reminder that we're getting older. <laughs> because, oh, boy. you know... Anyway, just neither of them should die. Be safe. That's all I care about. And perhaps they do something cinematic on this one. Speaking of which, I wouldn't be surprised if they go cinematic on the greatest match ever. They might have to. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll have to. I mean, hey, if they could edit, if they could have edited the last match they had that lasted 45 minutes into 15 minutes, that would have been a good match. We shall see. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We really appreciate you. Also, we have our T-shirt. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com. Get the Kind of Fun shirt. If you have any designs you would like to send our way, please do kindoffunlpn at gmail.com. And we'll take a look at those. And maybe those will be the next T-shirt. Super excited for that. And, uh, yeah, keep on supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. And never forget, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.